Hey everyone, saddle up and get yourself ready for the Horse Business Advice Podcast, where I share tips and insights for horse business owners around the world on all kinds of things to do with running your business. I'm Melody, online horse business coach, mother, lover of horses, collector of far too many saddle pads, and unicorn obsessed. I'm absolutely passionate about helping equine-related businesses get the confidence to move forward and get organized enough to be able to still have a life and a business at the same time. Now, I don't want you out there struggling to find the help you need, wondering what the hell to do next. I'm here to tell you that you do not have to go on this journey of horse business alone. So come along and join my free Facebook group, Equine Entrepreneurs Horse Business Advice, and be part of a really supportive and thriving community of horse business owners from around the world. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's Melody here. And in this episode of the Horse Business Advice podcast, I'm going to talk to you about understanding what SEO means. Now, for those of you who already have glazed over and you don't know what SEO stands for, it's search engine optimization. If you don't have a website, press stop now because this is not relevant if you do not have a website. Although, please go back and listen to the Why You Need a Website podcast. So for those of you who do have a website or if you're in the process of creating a website or updating a website, then this is also really valuable information for you. So search engine optimization, that's what SEO stands for. What does that mean? Look, it's all about getting found. So when somebody puts into Google, how to help my horse with laminitis, let's say, what websites are gonna come up and what information are they going to have? What products are they going to sell? What determines what shows up is all about that particular website's SEO. Now you can put do Google ads, you can pay ads and you can see that you know when things come up in the top of the search and you can always see the word ad or sponsored at the top that they get their website shown before anybody else. The thing about that is the moment they stop paying they go back to 57th in the queue or whatever it is. So that is a very short term thing but the long game is to actually work on the SEO of your website so that people can find you and we want the right people finding you because what we don't want is people hitting your website and then going oh no that's not what I wanted and clicking off straight away that creates what we call a bounce a bounce is something somebody that lands on your site and leaves within a very short time frame and so you will see if you've ever looked at your website statistics that you are always getting a bounce rate So if you have an 80% bounce rate, what that tells you is 80% of the traffic that comes to your website doesn't stay. They leave. They don't go and do anything on your site. They don't go and investigate. They don't purchase. They don't do anything. They just leave. So that tells you that what is driving them to your site is probably not correct or misleading Um, not intentionally misleading it just might be that they they get one impression from the link that they click and then what you offer is completely different or it's obvious that you don't service their area or you don't sell what they want whatever so 
working on your SEO is super, super important because if you create this amazing website and you list all of your products or you list your services or you, you know, have all your free downloads or whatever it is that you do, if people can't find you organically, then you have to work for every single visit, right? So every single visit, so you can hammer away on social media, on your email marketing, both are incredibly valuable, but wouldn't also be good if you were also getting organic traffic from people just putting into Google, uh, buy purple sparkly saddle pad. And then your, your website will come up first, your purple sparkly saddle pads that you sell will be there and that person will, which is probably me, will buy it straight away because it's, it's exactly what I expected, it's exactly what I put into Google. So it's all about getting found. Now, it's not just about Google, but it is all about getting found. So SEO is like the proverbial can of worms. It's once you start learning about SEO, you realize just how little you know about SEO. It's mind-bogglingly confusing if you go into the depths of it. And I will, full disclosure, I will tell you, I am not the SEO guru. That is not my uh, particular expertise, but I know enough to help you guys get it, get your heads around it. So I have done some very in-depth SEO training and I have done SEO work um, for both myself and for clients and help, and I help clients with their SEO. You can go super deep. So if you start going to read SEO blogs and look at SEO courses, there is so much that you can do. But I'm going to talk to you just about a couple of things that are the, that are the very least, at least if you do them, then you will be able to be found. So there's a couple of things. The first thing that you're going to need is an SEO tool. So something that makes uh, that gives you some information, that gives you, you know, a way to track the statistics. There's all kinds. There's Google Search Console, SEO Meta One in one click, Ahrefs, Moz, SEMrush, SEO Power Suite. There's, there's many, many, many. Some of them are paid, some of them are free. But it's worth having some kind of a tool that you can check out what your rankings are, what your keywords are, where you fit around competitors, all of that sort of thing. So do a little bit of research and figure out what kind of a tool you need. Now, uh, this is something that I can help with inside the uh, EE Brains Trust membership that I have. I actually just recently ran a 90-minute workshop on this very subject. So we've gone through all of the tools and all of the other things that I'm about to talk about. Uh, and that's something I do on a monthly basis. I do separate, different workshops on different subjects. Of course, this one will be available on the website. If you were to join, you can re-watch it and get all the in-depth information. So that's just useful info for you in case this piques your interest enough and you realize this makes you realize you need to do some stuff, but you need a little bit of extra help. The second thing that you need to do is you need to know what your keywords are. Now, keywords, again, is a, you know, it could be a whole podcast and it's super, super confusing and complicated when you start to dive into it and it's not a five minute job. So you are not going to be able to sit down and write down 25 keywords for your business 
in three minutes. It's not going to work like that. What is a keyword? A keyword is what somebody puts into Google. So it's not always a word. It's, a, it's often a bunch of words. For example, I might put a saddle pad. That, that's a keyword, saddle pad. But then I also might buy affordable purple sparkly saddle pads in WA because I live in WA. So both of those things are a keyword. One's a short keyword and one is a, what they call a long tail keyword. So as you can imagine, if you're a business that sells purple sparkly saddle pads in Western Australia, you're going to want to rank pretty high for the second keyword that I mentioned. So buy purple sparkly saddle pad in WA. If you only put the word saddle pad as a keyword in your website, then I, you, you're going to be competing against hundreds, if not thousands of other websites to rank first. And it's not necessarily going to be relevant to, to me. There might be a whole new, lot of US and UK sites come up for me. And by the time I get to your site, it might be listing number 50. So you want to be making sure that you understand what people are putting into Google. How do you figure that out? Well, there's keyword research tools. Again, some are paid, some are free. But you also need to be looking at what currently people are putting into Google. And again, your, the first tool I mentioned, that those sorts of things will tell you what are you being found for and where do you rank overall. So it might say, um, say purple saddle pads, you might rank 20th for that. And you might find that 16 people have searched for that and hit your page in the last month. So there's a whole lot of information that you can find out when you start diving into these tools. And some of the things that are important for you to know is, first of all, how many people are actually looking for that particular keyword? So if it's all very well for you to say, you know, this is my perfect keyword, but if nobody's looking for that, then that's actually not going to help you. And I'll give you an example. Let's say, and I'm going to make up some products here. Okay, imagine we have a product called Pony Life. And... That product, which as you can see, the, the name of the product doesn't actually say, but that product is all about helping ponies that have laminitis. So what we're going to do is think about how many people already have heard of our product called Pony Life and are they going to put that into Google? Because that's, what, that's where our brains tend to go to. When we are first thinking about SEO, well, people are going to be searching for my business, equine entrepreneurs. No, they're not. And they're not going to be searching for Pony Life because I don't know what it is. What they are going to be searching for is supplements for ponies with laminitis. That's a long tail keyword for you. They might be looking for um, how to stop laminitis. Does my pony have laminitis? All of those sorts of things are what they might be looking for. And of course, that means that those keywords need to be what you are targeting. So there are there is an element like you can put your brand name. So for me, Equine Entrepreneurs, that is a keyword on my homepage because people that do know me, they might be searching for Equine Entrepreneurs, assuming they can spell entrepreneurs, which sometimes I can and sometimes I can't. Not sure what I was thinking there, but anyway, 
So the idea is, is that we want to be able to people to be able to find us. So I have keywords of equine entrepreneurs and also my name because I am reasonably well known in the industry. But I also have other keywords that are more likely people to look up, help with my horse business, horse social media, all those sorts of things. And mine is actually quite tricky because it's not an industry or a niche that is highly searched as far as keywords go. So if you are in that situation where you have a product or service that is quite niche and quite specific, then sometimes your first port of call is a year or two of educating people to be thinking of those names and those words. So horse business advice, I say that a fair bit because actually what I'd like you to be doing is Googling horse business advice. And so that is something that you might need to work on as far as creating keyword thoughts in people's minds. Now, we are diving really deep here. Let's go back to the easy version. Keywords are going to be what people are putting into Google and you want your site to pop up for it. So... They might search for, you know, um, affordable bridles in Australia, buy affordable bridle in Australia, something like that. So if you think about that sort of thing, and this comes down to my very first podcast that I recorded and you guys hopefully have listened to is talking about what problem your business solves. Now, if you know and you've done that work, if you know what problem your business solves, then you know that people are going to be putting into Google what their problem is. So how do I get more clients for a horse business? Might be something that someone puts into Google. And that hopefully will then bring up my website and it will show them that I can actually help them get more clients in their horse business. Or it might be the pony analogy with the pony life product that I have come up with. So I won't be putting pony life in, I'll be putting in help my pony with laminitis. So those are the sort of things that we want to be thinking about all the time. Now, there's a couple of things that you can do once you figure out a bit of a list of keywords, and I'd be starting with at least 10, if not 20. um, And that list can get longer and longer. As, and it depends on how many products and services you sell and what sort of information you share with people. But, you know, so for some of you, the list will be longer and some of the list will be shorter. But at least 10 to 20 keywords to begin with. And then using one of your tools that you have come up with and keyword research tools, you can look up and see how many people are currently putting that keyword into Google. And where do you rank currently for that? And how difficult is it going to be? And that is a CPC cost per click. Now, you don't have to spend money, but that tells you. So if your cost per click is like $14 per click, then you know that it's a very competitive keyword that a lot of people are looking for. And that's really important to know is how competitive it is because, you know, sometimes keywords are going to be really hard to rank for so you've got to decide which ones are worth going for so to speak which ones are work worth working towards the ones that there's only five searches a month they're not worth it because nobody wants that nobody is putting that into google regardless of whether you think it's what they need your audience are not sticking that into google so we want to go for the mid-range ones probably 
Um, and I'll give you an example if you happen to be a web designer for the equine industry. You could put in web design as a keyword, but can you imagine how many other websites there are in the world on the internet that are web design sites? You're going to be struggling to rank on the first 10 pages because of the sheer size of the industry. But if you are in a niche and you only do web design for equestrian businesses, then you might look at that kind of keyword, a website for equestrian businesses. And now here's the kicker, and this is something that I have done a fair bit of research on because of course this affects me and my business. You're gonna to need to also use the word equine and horse because some people say equestrian, some people say equine, some people say horse. And you can't decide who's, you can't just pick one. So you're going to have to attack all three versions. So websites for equestrian business, websites for horse business, websites for equine business. Well, that's a bit of a tongue twister. So think about those kinds of things as well. And don't make a decision for your audience because you need to know what people are looking for. So do that research up front. Now, once you've figured out what your keywords are and which ones you're going to go for, so to speak, so you want to take a, a note of where you are ranking for that keyword currently and before you start doing any work, and then you need to start doing some work. So your keywords need to go in your written copy on your website. So... If you have, say, five keywords, you might decide that one particular keyword suits one particular page, and that's the other thing. It de totally depends on what your business is and what you sell, but you might decide that your homepage is going to rank for these couple of keywords, and uh, your particular page about laminitis is going to rank for a different keyword. Five places that you can put your keywords. One of them is the URL or web address. So instead of equine.com.au forward slash blog number one, I might put SEO for horse business. So that would be my keyword for that in the URL. So it'll be www.equine.com.au forward slash SEO for horse business. Don't go and look that up because that's not real. So the next thing is the title tag and depending on what platform you use for your website is uh, where you can adjust that. So I'll just leave you to say you can Google how do I create a title tag in XYZ, you know, WordPress or Wix or Shopify or whatever. Your header, same thing. So your title and your header and then your introductory paragraph. So you can look at making sure in the first, you know, 20 or 30 words that you've actually put your keyword or your keyword phrase in there. So that's important. Number five and often missed is your image file name and your alt text. Now, if you don't know what alt text is, you know, when a website is not loading properly, something's happened, your internet's gone too slow. And instead of the image, you'll get a gray box with a cross and some words underneath it saying, and it might say picture of lady with horse, or it might say IMG 772444. And that sounds familiar because you know, when we take photos on our phones, that's what they end up being, or they end up being some random set of numbers. So that's their file name. So that alt text is also out of interest what 
the reader view reads out to people who are visually disabled. So people who cannot actually read a screen and the screen, their computer reads that out for them. It actually reads that alt text. So can you can imagine that an image file name that's just a bunch of numbers is completely meaningless to the, that person and can't give them any kind of impression. But your alt tag is also something that is indexed by Google and so is your file name. Now another reason that we want to make sure our file names are not only collect, collecting our keywords but also relevant is that when people do searches on Google, particularly visual people, and, and I'm actually one of these people, I'll often hit the just show me images bar. And so if your image has not been named relevant, then it's not going to show that image to me. So say I type in purple sparkly saddle pad and your image, you have the perfect purple sparkly saddle pad for me, but you haven't named that image with anything like that. And in fact, you've just named it img7725177.jpg. Then that's not going to come up for me. I'm not going to find it. So you're missing an opportunity. Now, image file names, you, as you can now imagine, some of them are going to end up a bit longer than you expected. And that's just the nature of the beast. Be careful to make them relevant to the image and not a matter of just stuffing one keyword after another. Again, Google likes us to be quite real and genuine, which is ironic really given that what Google is and how AI it is, but it doesn't really like us stuffing multiple keywords into one file name. For those in the back of the room who are wondering now, They've got 27,000 images on their website and it's a WordPress site. That's, that's one that I'm very familiar with. And they'll say, can I just go and rename my file inside WordPress? The answer is no. The name of the file needs to be what you need. So unfortunately, for those of you who have not done this, you are going to have to download your images, change the image name and re-upload them. While you're at it, make sure your images are optimized. So there's all kinds of free programs that you can use, but uh, it's important to optimize your images so that your website runs fast. Because again, Google will put a fast website ahead of a slow site. If there is a question asked on Google and your site is relevant and there's your site and somebody else's and they can't split the difference, the faster one's going to go first. Always going to be the case. So... I've got a couple more things and like like I said, I could do an entire six-week podcast about just this one subject. SEO is a can of worms. For those of you who know a bit about SEO, you know that I've skipped over a whole lot of information. There's a whole lot of stuff I haven't mentioned. I'm trying to give you the basics without blowing your mind, <laughs> but also telling you that you do need to understand it. Now, even if you outsource it, it's really worth you understanding what is involved and what people need to be doing. So obviously your image, your product descriptions um, need to be uh, relevant and useful. So, you know, it's really popular to name things like bridles and saddle pads. So you might, and I, I, I totally agree with it. You might have the daydream bridle. Now, the thing is, is nobody's going to be searching daydream bridle. So you might have daydream bridle 
brown leather suited for dressage, you know, brown English leather suited for dressage with crank nose band and comfort headpiece, whatever. So you you want to make sure that your item descriptions are searchable as well as relevant. So yes, still still put its name so that you can tell the difference between all your different bridles and your daydream bridle from your nighttime bridle or whatever it is. But if you can make sure that you also have all of the information in your product names, then that's also going to be helpful. Uh, last thing to think about is to make sure that you have a Google My Business page. Now, this is far more relevant for people who are in a business that is location specific. So if you have a shop or if you are a service-based business, saddle fitter, trimmer, coach, all of those sorts of things, then it's really important to have a Google My Business page and it's free and it's kind of like social media but without the social media. So it's it, it's kind of like a social media profile but on Google and it's where people can leave you Google reviews. And in light of the constant people getting hacked and losing business pages and losing everything on social media, I think anyone that doesn't have a Google My Business page is crazy because they don't tend to get hacked and zapped and got rid of. Um, if you are a service-based business or you sell products online, you can still have one. I have one. It's still relevant. There are certain things that aren't as useful for us, but there's still definitely lots of stuff that's useful. And once you have a play with it, you can see there's all sorts of things you can do. You can put offers in there. You can upload new images and what I try and do is once a month just go and refresh it update a whole heap of stuff try and remember to ask people to put reviews on that page all of those sorts of things so again if you are actively looking at that then are working on that then Google will also rank your site higher and of course that's going to show people your website they're more likely to click on it so I'm going to sign off here but I, I hope that this podcast has at least given you the confidence to just understand that you do need to do some stuff on your SEO and at the very least if you've got to this point and just gone every second word she said has gone totally over my head she's talking gibberish which let's be honest that's quite a possibility because it taken me quite some years to get my head around this um, or if you're too busy to do this, this is something that you can outsource. There are millions of SEO experts out there, of course, some better than others. Uh, none, I, I don't recommend anyone particularly. I try to avoid doing that kind of thing. You need to do your own research and find someone that suits you. But it is important that you do at least understand the basics. And if nothing else, you understand what your keywords are. And not just what you think they are, but actually research them, look each. And it does mean that you individually research each keyword. And by the way, if you're going to be Googling things, make sure that you use either a private browsing window on your phone or a incognito window on your computer because... If you use your standard browser, it knows it knows that I'm equine entrepreneurs. And of course, it's going to show me my website first. So don't just do it on your normal browser. Do it where the internet doesn't know who you are. And that's an incognito tab or a private tab on your phone. So it's an ongoing process. That's the other thing is you don't just do SEO once. It's something that you will be constantly working on. 
and constantly building. So as people's needs change, as they change what they're putting into Google, so too will you have to change and adapt as well. So I hope that has helped you. Um, like I said, I can support a little bit further with information on this and more detailed info inside the EE Brains Trust. If you are interested, please go and check that out. Info's all on my website. Otherwise, have a great day. Try not to dream about SEO, as I won't, and I will catch you again soon. Bye.